0: Amen. Thank you, team. Good morning. I love Ministry Fair Day. It is just so much fun to all be together and celebrate and hear more about what God is doing in this church community. And you may ask, why Ministry Fair? We've got bulletins, we've got website, we've got An app now, how cool is that? I can find out about all these things. So why ministry fair? Why do this? Well, no one's going to twist your arm. No one is going to guilt you today. If you're thinking of not sticking around because you don't want to have your arm twisted or somebody grasping at your ankle saying, please, please, please be a part of this, help me out. Uh, And surely no one is going... To guilt you. And if you feel guilty, but you can't do enough, you can't do more, just set it aside because there's no guilt involved in this deal. But it's a day in which folks are excited to share about what's going on, about the things and activities and ministries and pursuits to what God has called them, and it's best to hear stories. There's nothing more powerful than hearing stories of God working in the lives of people in and around this church community. God working in the ministry efforts that are going on. They're stirring and they make our world bigger. When you hear stories of ministry, it makes our world bigger. Now, did you think about why the eclipse was such a big deal? Why is the eclipse such a big deal? It was just a big shadow. We spent billions of dollars, maybe not billions, millions of dollars, and used up a lot of hours for a big shadow happens all the time. But you know what? It was a stunning shadow. And I think the reason an event like that gets to us so much is because deep down we know there's a greater story. And something like an eclipse like this, such a spectacular occurrence that's so unusual for us, it just makes us aware of the fact that there's a transcendent story going on. We're here for a greater purpose and a greater reason than our day-to-day pursuits might indicate. And so it was a stunning shadow, an eclipse, that that really, I think, taps into our longing for a deeper story, for a transcendent story that really matters. It brings out that desire. And so that's why a ministry fair, because there's a greater story going on. There's something greater than just meeting together Sunday mornings as wonderful and delightful as this is and as good and right and nourishing as it is. There's a greater story going on and perhaps there's a doorway here through which God is inviting you to enter. There are many great opportunities to get involved. Maybe something here for you. Maybe not. But either way, have a great time checking it out because i got to tell you, When you go and when you show interest in a ministry your various ministries around here, even if there's no way you're going to be able to get involved in that, it is so encouraging to the people who are involved in those ministries for others to show interest, to want to hear something about the stories and to know that you're praying because your prayers are so uplifting. And maybe, just maybe, God has another part of the story in which He wants you to be involved. So why the ministry fair? Well, first of all, this God is glorified. God is glorified in such things. And the first aspect that I would like to bring out this morning is the idea of belonging, what it looks like to belong in a church community. Let's take a look at a couple of verses in Hebrews chapter 10, where the writer says this, he says, Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promises is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So what happens when we belong? Well, there is a significant portion of our ministry fair today that you'll see out there that has to do with belonging. Ways in which to get involved here, to find community, to to use your gifts to encourage others in this community, to find the kind of fellowship for which we all deeply long. Why is this? Well, the writer of Hebrews tells us when we meet together, we stir each other. We stir each other. It's a Greek word meaning to, to provoke and stimulate and excite each other. And first of all, he says to agape love to affection and benevolence. You see, we are stirred to great care when we gather in Jesus' name. And secondly, he says it stirs us to good works, literally beautiful deeds. Gathering together gets us outside of ourselves. Gets us outside of ourselves. Do you ever, like me, I, sometimes I just get so sick of myself. I really do. It's like, I just, I just really am sick of myself. I just want to get outside of my own thoughts and worries and concerns and fears and and insecurities and all that stuff, no better way than to get involved with a community of Christ followers, to get outside of ourselves. It gives us a bigger lens, and, and it provokes us to use our gifts to serve others and to join in with what God is doing. And third, the writer says, when we gather together, we find encouragement. You know, in smaller venues where we can be known and where we know others, we find intimacy and safety and opportunities for others to encourage us and for us to encourage them. Our community group network is so important and it's thriving. And so I wanted to invite my friend Rosa this morning to share just a little bit. Rosa has been with us about a year now, not even a year not even a year, but Rosa has jumped in to the community group ministry, and she wanted to share a little bit about what that has done in her life. So, Rosa, why don't you come up and, and share that?
1: Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Actually, I've only been here since a couple of weeks before Easter. Um, but I came, and I, I was looking for a church because I had a lack of community where I was. So when I came here, um, people were... Re- from the very first day, um, I met three, uh, two ladies that were sitting... I sat behind them, and they invited me to sit with them. And that immediately made a difference. And the usher at the door was very gracious and encouraging and inviting me in. But I immediately met Jan, uh, and I talked to her about being involved in a community, being involved in community and attending a small group. And again, and she was very gracious and gave me all the information. Um, And I started attending almost immediately, um, the small group with Jan. And then I also met Angie. And Angie um, invited my girlfriend, Kathleen, to her group. So I'm actually attending two groups. (laughs) I attend Jan's group on Mondays, and then I attend Patrick's and Mary Lou's group on Wednesday. When I first went to Mary Lou's group, I came into the door, and I was the first one there, and, but I felt at home immediately. She made, she gave me the... Um, we were making Mexican food and immediately gave me a spatula. Come on, help me here. So I just felt at home. But really, what is important to me is I'm a real believer that the body needs to know each other in order to be impactful in the world. And we cannot know one another unless we commune with each other. And the only way to get... it to get to know one another is to take time to be with one another, whether it is in a community group or whether it is working together alongside. And I am a true believer of that. God says in his word that they will know that you are my disciples by the way you love one another, and that will bring glory to God the Father. So we need to know each other. Even our Sunday services can be so much more impactful when we come together in love and unity. But that doesn't happen if we don't take the time to participate or to be a part of something, it could be small, it doesn't have to be big and it doesn't have to be two like me, it could be just one, but you have to be a part of the body. And that's all I have to say.
0: Rosa will be preaching next week, she just blew me out of the water where do i sign up (laughs) so what a great illustration uh, of what hebrews says to us that being involved and living in in the community stirs us to love and good works and encouragement and if you are blessed to be a part of mary lou's home fellowship you will get the best salsa on the face (laughs) of the earth so unless you just don't care for love and encouragement, and good works, and good salsa, then community groups aren't for you. But if you need those things, and you're hungry for those things, then then get involved in a community group. Secondly, this morning, Scripture exhorts us to serve, and I want to ask the question, what happens when you serve in the church community? Let's take a quick look at 1 Peter 4, where Peter says this, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So what happens when we serve? Peter's very clear. God is glorified when we serve in the church community. It's the word doxazo, meaning to be esteemed and honored. It's the same root as doxology. When When we speak or sing the doxology, we are giving a word of honor and glory to God. And so when we serve, God is glorified. And when the world sees us serving one another freely and sacrificially, they can't believe it. They think, what's going on? People just don't do that. We've got so many stories of of when deacons have shown up at people's homes and they're doing things and neighbors are like, what is going on here? Who are these people? And why are they doing this? And we get to share that we are a part of the community of Christ. And we delight in serving each other because Jesus was the ultimate servant. Our Lord was the ultimate servant of us. And people know how flawed and sinful and selfish we can be, and so they know something greater is at work. And when they ask, we can tell them. So when God's people serve each other sacrificially, God is glorified. And when God is glorified, people look to Him. And you know what happens when people look to Him? Life happens. People come to life. And they're reminded there's a bigger story going on here. There's a story of salvation and redemption and love and renewal, and it's glorious. So I've invited two friends to share next. First, my friend Ted Forsman. Ted has been with us for a couple years now. And from the get-go, he jumped in and just started serving. and, And I asked Ted, would you share a little bit about what that did in your life? So Ted...
2: So, yeah, I've been here about two years. Um, Much like Rosa, I came in and someone greeted me, but they didn't offer me a chair. They had me pick some up. (laughs) Uh, That's Clint Kelly for you. But I'm involved in picking up chairs on the the, the, uh, cleanup crew. Sometimes I set up. Uh, I've been involved with... Clint's Bible study, uh, Wednesday nights with a great group of Christian men, and then sports camp a couple times as well. And I'm considering doing, uh, where's Janelle? Is she out there somewhere? Yeah. Uh, Kids' Club. So anyway, um, it has really made a huge difference in my life. Uh, Really know how to, you know, it. came here looking for a church, looking to find God, and certainly have found it, and I found it through the, the fellowship and the serving and everything else. I, um, I like to kind of tie it back to our elevator pitch mission statement, you know, the, I'm not sure what we call it, but you knowing God, that's my Bible study, uh, living freely, that's kind of how helping around here. and and uh, doing what needs to get done. And then loving all is, is the outreach to the community and such. So it really fits in well there. That's about it. Huh? So you, and I'm always looking for more.
0: That'll be a good sub-theme. PBC Willow Glen, where you come looking for God and you find chairs. <laughs> And Jen Berry, would you come up and share? Jen has uh, been a part of children's ministry for some time, and she's got three great little ones and a pretty decent husband too, and she would like to share about her experiences. So thank you, Jen
3: so I to write mine out. Um, I love children, and I love teaching, and I love Jesus. And so um, I serve in the third, or I have served in the third through fifth grade, and now I do K through to second. And even though Sunday school is only probably a four- or five-hour commitment every other month, um, it's so much more than that. It, we are impacting these kids for God's kingdom, and there's an eternal reward because of that. Um, We want to know, we want the children to know and love Jesus. And so as we study the word, our desire is that they would know the God that has been faithful throughout scripture. Um, And it's a story of redemption and God is redeeming his people. Um, And even when they mess up, God is still there and he forgives them. And so when I teach, I want the kids to know that that same God in the Bible is the same God that's going to be faithful to them. Um... One of the favorite, my favorite things we do in Sunday school is to take prayer requests and you never know what you're going to get. And um, when they share, you just see their little hearts and you see um, what they're concerned about. But then you also get to meet the next week and check in on them and see, you know, did God answer your prayer? And, And because of that, they have seen that God is real and he is faithful and he's good. Um, Matt and I have three kids, like Mark was saying, and as parents, we are very intentional at home to um, point them back to the gospel every day. But we desperately need the church family to also help us with that and to reinforce what we're teaching them at home. And they need to see other adults in their lives as godly examples that will share life with them. A couple of weeks ago, my kids started school and Josh, my second grader, was super anxious about going to school, and um, he was worried one night that I wasn't going to pick him up on time, and so it was just like, are you going to pick me up? Are you going to pick me up? I'm like, Josh, I've never left you at school. You know, I'm going to pick you up. Well, the next day, we have a code blue, and I can't pick him up on At school on time because the school's on a lockdown. And so when I saw him, you know, of course he's super emotional. I'm like, well, the night before we talked about it and I said, you need to pray. You need to to ask Jesus to help you that he's not going to leave you. You need to trust Jesus. And he's like, okay, you know, that night. And then the next day I'm like, did you pray? And he's like, I prayed with my eyes open in the computer lab. (laughs) I'm like, well, that counts. (laughs) Um, But, um, That Sunday, he went to Sunday school, and he came out of Sunday school, and he goes, "'Hey, Mom, look.'" I don't know if you can see this, but it says, just trust, and underneath it's his school. And later I find out that Miss Liz, his Sunday school teacher, had prayed with him. Um, and I'm like, see, Josh, God is working in your life. You know, it's not just me telling you to trust God, but it's other people in our church to trust, a telling, a being an example and it just touched my heart as a mom, too, because, you know, you know mom's hearts. Um, but I feel like this world is getting harder and harder to live in as a strong believer. And I feel like our children are going to face even harder times. And as a church um, right now, and I know we always do, but right now we have a really special group of kids um, in the nursery and in elementary. I mean, it's, it's really cool. And I'm really excited to see um, what happens with them in junior high and high school. Um, but we want them to love Jesus. And as a church, we need to continue to raise them up strong in the faith. And that starts with us as adults, um, leading them and pouring our lives into them, being faithful to pray for them, being faithful to teach the word of God to them, and being faithful to them even when they do mess up and show them grace. Uh, Matt and I just recently had a kid that went to King's and he just graduated from UCLA and over for dinner. And we just sat outside, and we were talking, and he um, is going back to UCLA to uh, be in full-time ministry with Campus Crusade. And he is on fire for the Lord, and he wants to see these college-age kids um, know God, and he wants to disciple them. them. He wants to make disciples, and he wants to encourage them to serve in the local church. And I just hope that that's our prayer for our children in this church, um, that we would be faithful to love them into God's kingdom and that they would leave here one day and go make disciples knowing that they are loved and supported by their church family.
0: We know from we've been... Um, brilliantly reminded in our last two or three sermons from the book of Matthew that the children have a very, very special place in the heart of Jesus. So I commend you to stop by, even if if you don't think you can be involved on Sunday mornings with our children, to stop by the Sunday school tables and let the folks there know, Karen and Trish and others know, that you're praying and that uh, you love our kids too, even if you can't be down there during one of the services on a Sunday morning. And that's part of the reason we do two services. You know, we don't do two services just for capacity, but we do two services so that folks in our community can love our little ones and care for them and teach them about Jesus and then still worship corporately together in another service. So, some are particularly gifted to serve within the church community you know we're all given spiritual gifts by the holy spirit and some of those gifts are very well suited to encouraging and teaching and building up within the church community but others are particularly gifted to reach out and you can see that in people that hunger that drive that desire to reach out into the community and certainly we are all called to do so we're all called to be emissaries we're all called to be missionaries wherever we go ambassadors of jesus But some are more gifted than others and that's okay and that's a good thing but in the end all are called to reach out so my third and final question is what happens when we reach out when we reach out into the world let me read to you some excerpts from paul's letter to the romans it's a bit long but i wanted to include all this because there are so many important facets involved paul says this in romans 15 Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, Therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again, Isaiah says the root of Jesse will come. Even he who arises to rule the Gentiles, in him will the Gentiles hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Be a minister of Christ, Christ Jesus, to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God, so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me, to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed. By the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around to Illyricum, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. And thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel. As it is written, those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. You see, when we reach out, church, when we take some risks and when we reach out, when we step into the lives of others, God is glorified. And He's glorified even by non-believers and non-believers come to life. When we reach out, non-believers discover hope that is only in Jesus and people see and embrace God's mercy. And we get the thrill of showing people Jesus. It is the most thrilling thing in life. To see the lost come and see and understand and find life. You see, these are not possibilities. These are promises. They're promises that as we reach out, unbelievers will come to faith in Jesus. It may not happen with whom we expect. It may not happen when we expect it. It may not happen how we expect it. But it will happen. And it's exciting. A couple of months ago, maybe three months now, my friend Victor in Moldova, Victor Zama, of whom I've spoken often, he shared that he was discouraged. We were talking one day. I said, why? He goes, well, you know, we've been laboring here and serving and ministering in the village for two years. And in two years, nobody's come to faith in Jesus, at least not that I know of. And the one couple that I really thought would be our first converts here in the village, well, they've not said yes to Jesus. In fact, my friend Edward, a couple of weeks ago, I had the chance to share the gospel with him. I mean, the scene was set and the stage was perfect for me to really share his hope. And he listened politely, but as far as I could tell, there was no response. Now, Victor and I have shared this story. He, uh, a couple years ago now, he went to the high school and he said, this is what I'm doing here in the village. I'm, I'm establishing a ministry here. I've moved my family here. And I need help sorting and distributing food, uh, you know, staples to to the poor and the shut-ins and the elderly, some who are desperately poor in the village. Would any of you like to help me? He was expecting maybe a few hands to go up. 24 hands shot up in the air. And they said, we'll help you. So these kids, none of whom know Jesus, were so stirred and excited about this ministry. They joined with my friend Victor and they sort food and they make hot meal deliveries two and three times a week to the poor and elderly in the village, and the place is being transformed by all these kids who don't even know Jesus. So Victor said, I really want to do something special for these students. And so he he took them away to this old Soviet sanitarium that's now a, a retreat site on a river, the River Nistru in the east of the country. And he took them away, and, and uh, they were going to play games and have fun and hike and enjoy the outdoors, enjoy the river and whatnot. And, Jesus, and, and Victor was going to give them some teaching about Jesus. And he said to his buddy Danny, who came along, who's ministering with Victor and who also uh, is, a, is a good song leader and whatnot, he said, let's just, let's just do one song on Friday night, maybe one song, and, and just see how it goes. One song of praising Jesus. So they did one song, and, and lo and behold, the, the kids sang along for the most part, even though they don't know this music. And so after the Friday night session, they came. They came to Victor. so why did you only do one song? We love that song. We need to, do you have more. Can we do more? And Victor goes, well, OK, yeah, we can do more. So they said to Danny, let's let's do two tomorrow morning. So they did two songs and the kids are like, wait, wait a minute. Can we do more? Do you know more? And so they're singing more. So so all weekend long, these kids are singing the praises of Jesus. And they're loving it. And by the end of the weekend, Valentin and Dumitriza and Costel and Catalina and Orica and Luminitsa had come to faith in Jesus. You never know what God is going to do, how he's going to do it, through whom he's going to do it, when he's going to do it. It's beautiful when we reach out, my friends. Um, A couple of our friends from City Team are here today. And I want to invite Jay. Jay, where's Jay? Our friend uh, Jay Kramer to come. and, And I invited Jay to share a little bit about what the ministry of City Team has done in his life and what happens when followers of Jesus reach out and begin to love the community. So would you guys welcome Jay, please? Thank you, buddy.
4: Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Um, first of all, I just want to say thank you for letting me be here. Um, Jonathan, Jonathan says thank you, too. He's in Cupertino visiting there. Um, so what has City Team done for me? And that's a big question because I don't know really know where to start. Um, so City Team does outreach for the, um, well, If you've ever been to City Team in San Francisco, it's on Sixth Street. And if you know anything about Sixth Street, you know what that's like. Um, It's a very dark place in the middle of a big city. And um, we are one of the only lights on that street. And that is um, unbelievable. As you know, some of you may know that um, our building was flooded um, last December. And um, we were forced away, and we had to uh, We made our way up to Maymac in the Santa Cruz Mountains and we lived at corporate for about six months. We just got back to City Team San Francisco a couple months ago. And the joy and the the look on these people's faces when we got back to the city was um, unbelievable. They were just ecstatic that we were back. Um, There was a, like I said, there was a light again on that side of the street and um, it was beautiful. We are up, we just started serving dinners to the, to the guests again, and we were up to over 100 people a night and about 300 people on the weekends. So um, that's, that's incredible that we're able to do that so quickly. Um, city Team for me, I came to City Team 15 months ago broken and um, a mess. City Team also runs a drug and alcohol rehabilitation program, and I was part of that program. I have 15 months sobriety today. <laughs> the things that God has allowed me to do since I've been part of City Team is amazing. Um, helping the other brothers that are in the house, I'm also, um, I graduated City Team in June. And I'm going to be an intern for City Team come October. Awesome. Um, The things that it allows me to do is it allows me to love God and to love others. And that is what I'm really called to do, is be here on this earth to love God and love others. And what that looks like is, I want to tell you just a little story and then I'll get off. So a friend of mine, my best friend, I've known him since I was seven years old, um, he calls me two weeks ago, and he said, guess what I did? And I'm like, what did you do? (laughs) Because he always has something weird that he's done. And um, he's like, I went to church, and he's a pagan, like Wicca and all that stuff, and so I'm... I'm like, what do you mean you went to church? I'm thinking that he's going to tell me that he went to some weird, you know, out there thing and everything. And he's like, no, I went to Summit Christian Church. And I'm like, you mean Jesus and all that? Really? (laughs) Really? You went to church? And he's like, yeah. And I'm going back next week. And he called me this last Sunday, and he said that he gave his life to Christ. Wow. And he said that the inspiration was me. Because when I'm following Christ, I do all the right things. And it shows. And so I just want to say thank you for having us here. Thank you for um, being part of City Team's life. Thank you for being part of mine. Thank you, everybody.
0: So, you see, that's why Ministry Fair. That's why we do ministry fair. Four just brief vignettes that are powerful, huh? We do ministry fair because God is glorified. And with God is glorified, life happens. And we get a lens into the greater story going on. And maybe there's a door here through which God is calling you to serve. To reach out, to take a risk, to endure some inconvenience, maybe even to make some hard choices, to cut some things out of life in order to have the bandwidth to be engaged in one or more of these ministries. There's a lot of great opportunities, maybe something here for you, maybe not, but either way, be reminded it's so encouraging for folks when others take interest and want to hear the stories. And it's so encouraging to know that they're prayed for. I can't tell you, when I go to Moldova, and, and, and even when I'm just in a preaching cycle, and somebody calls me and says, you know, our community group's praying for you. I can't tell you how encouraging that is, to know that saints are lifting me up. And I know that many, if not most of you, if not all of you, have experienced the same thing. So, have a great time checking it out today. Have a great time. Enjoy some fellowship. Have some fun. No arm twisting, no guilt. Just enjoy learning more about what God is doing and enjoy some time encouraging others. Let's stand and sing together.